Win at Work and Life with Nikki Bush is the podcast where you and I explore what it means to win at both work and life. Today, you get to choose how to create a life of meaning and self-expression that includes both your work and life outside the office with your family. In this podcast, I share my journey with busyness addiction and how I try and balance it out with different kinds of rest, just 20 minutes a day tops in order to continue to flourish. That reminds me of one of my talks, Flourishing Through Uncertainty, that may be of interest to you and your team as we face a world where uncertainty and change are the norm. An addiction to busyness is becoming a pandemic in its own right. Learning when to stop and rest or sensing when we need to stop and rest is almost becoming a form of intelligence. Let's call it the self-care quotient. It requires us to be awake, aware, and disciplined, and it requires us to look after ourselves. I recently ran a poll on LinkedIn that generated plenty of interest, and these were the results. What do you most need to weed out of your life or let go of to flourish in 2022? The results were interesting, but not surprising. The three options were toxic relationships, and 27% of the respondents voted for that. Fear of failure was 31%, and then addiction to being busy, 42%. These are all things that can sabotage our best goals and intentions. I really wasn't surprised that the addiction to being too busy came out ahead. We often use busyness to cover for our fears. If we're busy, we must be okay. If we're busy, we must be being really productive. If we're busy, it means we must be successful, right? Actually, wrong in many instances. Busyness can lead to adrenal burnout. I know that when I'm feeling out of control, I go into over-control. It's a very typical human reaction. I know that I battle not to multitask even when I'm relaxing and watching TV. It drives my partner mad. This means that I'm also working my adrenal glands too hard without downtime and rest, and this can lead to burnout. When I use the word rest, I'm not referring to sleeping at night, but rather taking a breather sometime in the day. Rest deficit is something that high-achieving, high-producing, chronically tired and burnt-out individuals experience because they don't see the difference between rest and sleep and they think that sleep should do it all for them. So what is rest required for? Well, sustained energy, focus, to avoid depletion, to restore us, to improve our quality of sleep at night. And of course, this one is so important to enable us to perform from a place of fullness rather than emptiness and depletion. I have been experimenting with different kinds of rest for the past 25 years since becoming a working mum. I very quickly realised that I couldn't get through a day without taking a few minutes for myself because I love to be busy. If I didn't create some respite for myself, I would completely run out of energy and grind to a screeching halt. I was a better mum if I took 20 to 30 minutes of alone time and I had more clarity, creativity, and problem-solving ability at work too. Of course, when my children were small, I had to arrange this 
time off for me around when I had help at hand to look after my children. As they grew older, they knew that shutting my door for quiet time was a good thing for them and for me. We have to stop racing and chasing 24-7 at work and in our personal lives or we will literally fall over. So let's talk about how you can build rest into your day to relieve the addiction to busyness. I'm just looking for the gift of 20 minutes, just 20 minutes, which will enable you to get off a screen, suspend making decisions and choices. I don't think we realize quite how many decisions and choices we are required to make every single day. Withdraw from your mental chatter, that noise in your head. Distance yourself from any demands from others. And of course, rest. So let's look at ways to rest in the day. And I recently came across the work of Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith, who is a TEDx speaker. You can go and look her up. And this really helped me to label the kinds of rest that I've been dabbling with. And she talks about rest in these categories. Physical rest, mental rest, emotional rest, social rest, sensory rest, creative rest, and spiritual rest. Yes, seven categories if you were counting. But that aside, here are some of the very practical ways that I play with rest, and these may spark some solutions for you. A 20-minute power nap in your home, your office, or your car can do wonders. Now, this is something that I've been doing, oh, long before I even became a mum. If your office or your home is noisy or busy, and your car is parked in a cool spot, it can act as a great escape pod devoid of sensory overwhelm because it's quite well insulated. When I was using public transport years and years and years ago, I became a master of dropping into a power nap on the bus in between bus stops. Meditation. Well, go and learn a technique or use one of the many online apps available. I have learned a technique, once again, long before I ever had children, and it continues to be useful to me today, but I also find myself dipping into apps as well. And meditation provides me with deep, rejuvenating rest on a completely different level to a power nap. Stretching. When you do stretching, it's got to be slow and you breathe deeply while you stretch your body. Sometimes we just need to reconnect our brains with our bodies and our hearts with our heads. And I find that stretching kind of centers and grounds me again. Yoga is not something I have done, but I know many people who do. And this combines body movement with very specific breathing techniques that also lower stress at the same time. You can do yoga on your own or with a teacher or in a group. Breathing exercises are important too. One of the things we don't do properly when we are busy is breathe. Shallow breathing happens when we are literally holding our breath and we don't even know we're doing it. Exhaling properly is a big part of breathing effectively. Breathing exercises like the 478 method, which is breathing in for four, holding for seven, and breathing out for eight, ensure that the oxygen has a chance to circulate through your system and into your brain, and then the carbon dioxide is exhaled. Massage, of course, sounds really self-indulgent, doesn't it? 
A head, neck or full body massage is the ultimate way of letting go and leaning into rest. Due to the cost of this, it's something you probably will only do from time to time unless you've got a partner in the house who has what I call great hands and the time to give you a neck or shoulder massage that you need to relax. How about changing what you look at from the small narrow view of your computer screen to the broad horizon outside? It can help your brain and your eyes to relax. And when I look outside my current office window, I'm looking into a forest of trees. The green and the abundance of nature just feeds my soul and shifts my brain. You could create a space of sensory deprivation. Sit or lie in a quiet room with soft music playing. A darkened room works well too. You can also sit in your car for a while with your eyes closed. Yes, I'm going back to the car. You can see this is a pattern in my life. Sometimes I have to escape to my vehicle. It's currently parked in a closed garage and so it stays cool, it's dark, uh, and it really, they, they, there's no extraneous noise when you shut the doors and the windows of your car. In fact, it's so good that I can record podcasts sitting in my car. A session in a flotation tank a few times a year is something my physiotherapist absolutely swears by. I haven't done it yet. I'm actually a bit scared that if I do it, I might spend the whole time crying. That is one of the reactions many people have reported when they actually are in a space where there is total sensory deprivation. And I think that's really because we often feel so overwhelmed and bombarded by all the stimulation in our everyday lives. A walk in nature is about changing the scenery from your office to something natural, and it really is the antithesis of being in front of a screen. Even a walk down a tree-lined street can do the trick if you can't get to a park. Listening to music is about choosing music that changes your mood or slows you down. I choose different music for different times of my day. Looking at a different view is about choosing to look at something beautiful or inspiring. And when you do, please breathe. Prayer, of course, is something many people use and faith can be a mainstay in times of busyness or exhaustion and distress. And contemplation, which is different to prayer and different to meditation, is taking the time to just either think about one particular issue in your life or let your mind wander with absolutely no agenda and no pen and paper, which is the biggest way to punish me, is not allow me to have pen and paper. But it's amazing how addicted I am to my pen and paper, which is a form of busyness because as my thoughts are going around and around, or as I'm, I'm emptying my brain of thoughts, I am trying to capture them at the same time. So it is a gift to take time out to let your mind wander with no agenda, to see what comes up for you in this quiet time. What is the common denominator amongst everything that I've just mentioned? Well, it's really that none of them involves a screen, or sleep. They are all choices for self-preservation that you can adopt during the day to keep you healthy and sane. Whatever you choose to do, you don't want to go into a long, deep sleep. The aim, rather, is to slow down, breathe, and connect your brain and your body 
your head and heart. If you can do something, just one thing in a day, to give yourself some rest, it really will help you to avoid being overtired, to slow down your mind, to reduce mental chatter, and to sleep better. My suggestions are pretty simple. They're restorative activities that can lift you, inspire you, and help you maintain your sanity while continuing to perform at your best. Temper your busyness with a bit of rest and it will help you to future-proof yourself for the long haul too. Learning when to stop and rest or sensing when we need to stop and rest is almost becoming a form of intelligence. I'm repeating this again because I think it is so important. So let's call this the self-care quotient. It requires us to be awake, aware and disciplined. It requires us to look after ourselves. Please love yourself enough to build different kinds of rest into your busy schedule beyond going to sleep at night. Remember that what you focus on will flourish. To our listeners, please send through your comments, questions and topic suggestions to info at nickybush.com. You're invited to share this podcast with your friends and colleagues to empower them to win at work and life too. Please remember that I am the human potential and parenting expert who helps individuals and teams to flourish at both work and life, whatever the disruption. I know my clients really appreciate my unusual ability to straddle the two worlds of work and home. After all, each of us is one integrated person with many avenues of self-expression. You can book me for my talks, flourishing through uncertainty or creating happy juice for teams by emailing me at info at nickybush.com.